The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. I don't want to take up too much time at the top here because whenever JB and I get together to talk radio ratings, we always end up going longer than we plan for. So he is coming along in just a second. I won't make this too long, but first, I do want to tell you to go to the website and check out our sort of group piece on Pardon the Interruption. The ESPN show is celebrating its 20th anniversary. A bunch of us that are columnists at Barrett Sports Media put together uh, a, a very honest tribute to the show. People talk about why they love it. People talk about how they fell out of love with it. I think it is one of the more honest pieces you are going to see written about the show as it celebrates its 20th anniversary. I I wrote this. I really do believe it. I think if you line up all of ESPN shows that they have ever put on uh, back to back to back in order of most influential, PTI may only be behind SportsCenter. Like, I, I have really a hard time figuring out what is number two, if not PTI. So please go check that out. So if you have been looking at the site over the last couple of weeks, you have seen all of the summer ratings book info that has come out. Uh, Jason Barrett works on those very hard, grabbing numbers from all over the country. Uh, Jason, it looks like I have lost count of the number of rating stories that we have, but there is a lot of positive news out there in the summer book. What markets, what stories stood out the most to you in terms of big victories? Well, you're right. I mean, I've been writing these things for two weeks now, and it feels like uh, number overload. But, um, you know, when I look back at the book, um, Arizona Sports has to feel good. Best summer book in station yep. history. Um, the ticket in Detroit, we, we say it every quarter, rock solid, incredibly strong. Valenti and uh, Rico Beard had an incredible quarter. Um, 101 ESPN in St. Louis did really well. Their midday show was over a 10 share, which is really incredible. Um, you look, uh, you know, I thought WDAE and Tampa did pretty well. One market I really liked, I, I and these are the stories I look for. I know we have a lot of competitive people in this format. So some people, especially hosts, uh, who won, who lost? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's not really that, okay? You have... The reason these things are important is they help ultimately get advertisers to mm. want to put their dollars with the radio station. And so they want to be connected to brands that are performing. You look at the city of Atlanta. There's a great example here because 92.9, the game won the quarter, did incredibly well. All their shows were pretty much in the top three, top four. But the fan, 680, the fan, had two shows in the top five. You can make money with two top five performances. Right. And so, you know, I'm sure the competitive nature of talent, you know, if you're inside 680, the fan, you're going to go, what do we have to do to go up two positions and knock these guys out? If you're at the game, you're going, we got to keep these guys away. But that being said, that's a good market story. Um, a couple others, you look at 92.9 ESPN in Memphis, and 97 won the fan in Columbus. They turned in monster quarters. Yeah. I mean, uh, Common Man and T Bone deserve a lot of props. They 
were absolutely crushing it across all demos. Uh, 92.9 also, Jeff Calkins, uh, you know, uh, Gary Parrish. Like, there were a number of guys on that station that had had a phenomenal quarter. And then, you know, look, there were others. KBR had a good summer book, the fan in Indianapolis, the fan in Denver, the zone in Nashville. A lot of positive stories out there. And, you know, look, there's there's a difference. Like, when you're number one for a quarter, like the fan in Columbus, you've done everything you could possibly do. If you're third, fourth, or fifth, though, that is a great story. Like, sometimes... I'll catch some crap from people like, why are you celebrating these guys who were fourth? It's like, look, I cover the sports radio industry. I don't <laughs> care what if they got beat by three AC music stations. It means nothing to me. I'm looking at what the format did, who's performing. And fortunately, there was a lot of positive momentum in the summer book. Well, and also we have a we have a pretty long history too of not just looking at you know, who was the best overall performing sports station in the market. We have a history of going back and looking at and celebrating, hey, you know, even if you were seventh, eighth, or ninth in your market, if you are half a share up, that's worth celebrating. If you are a full point up, that's a that's a big deal. That's real progress. I'll tell you, I'm glad you said that because one thing that drives me insane doing these pieces, and I'll tell you, and I'll say it on the record, I debate if I should even do these pieces anymore. Yeah, I've been doing it for six years. I love to share the format story, but it turns into this nonsense where people want to send you information when everything is good. Right. When the information is bad, they go into witness protection program. (laughs) And I sit here and I go, look, guys, you can hide it from me. You can hide it from host. That's fine. If you don't want it to go out, no problem. I don't care if we generate clicks on this or not, it really doesn't matter to me that much, but you can't hide it from the people who are spending money with your brands in your markets. Okay. Advertisers are going to know if you drop from third to 13th. Right. So at some point, like there are so many stories inside of a book. It, it, yes. Men 2554 is what we focus on weekday prime full week in the main shows. But maybe you went down from the spring book. Are you up year over year? Yep. Did you, you know, how are you looking compared to pre-pandemic? Because last year was a funky year. I would expect you're going to go up this year. So you have to look at those things. A lot of this stuff, look, the the game within the game, you could lose one meter and 25% of your audience goes away. So it isn't a perfect science. I, you know, I... I feel for a lot of the programmers who got to deal with it. It really is a roller coaster ride. But the one thing I've always tried to do is tell people be consistent. You know, like one thing, and I don't even know if I've told you this, but one of the best things I learned when I was programming in San Francisco, I would tell my story by myself every Mm -hmm. quarter on social media. Okay. And if you followed, the station's journey, even to this day, I will have people say to me, you absolutely crushed it in the Bay area, man. You were freaking great. Cool. Do you know that in four years I didn't beat KMBR? Yeah. You know why you don't know that? Because I was focused on we're 27th. How do I get to 22nd? Right. If we went 27th to 22nd, you could write a story that said the game continues to struggle in 22nd place. Or you could look at it and go, the game 
gained five positions quarter to quarter. Yep. It depends on how you want to look at the world of ratings. And so I always try to look at it as like, if I get to 22nd, I want to get to 17th. When I'm at 17th, I want to get to 12th. Cause I know that I can't go 27th to first. Yep. And so I would always tell my crew, like, look guys, if we're in the top five, we're going to make money. If we get in the top five, you damn right. I'm going to be greedy and I'm going to want to compete and beat the competition. But we, we have to celebrate wins along the way. You just can't make it like, Oh, we won or we lost like, Oh, we're in business and great. Or we should turn the lights off and be out of, out of work. Like, there is, there's more to to it than those two extremes. So what are okay? Hang on. Before I ask you about the the negatives that might have jumped out at you in this book, you talked about feeling sorry for the programmers that have to deal with this. You know, it's I mean, gosh, we're like only months removed from a conversation. I don't mean between me and you. I mean a national conversation about the flaws within Nielsen. I wonder how much. Do you feel like these ratings even really mean anymore? Oh, look, I could tell you. And I think sometimes we can lose sight of this on the site. When you're not in buildings, you know, it's easy to just dissect it and go, does this even matter? Yeah. When you're in buildings, people still care. Yeah. And, um, you know, salespeople still look at this data and go, I need a good story to go to clients to tell them, they should put their faith in us. Advertisers still look at it to justify if they're going to spend more money. And so it still absolutely matters. The The part when I mentioned, you know, I feel for the PDs is you shouldn't lose one meter and have to worry, uh-oh, the whole radio station's basically screwed for a year or two <laughs> right. unless we find a new meter. You know, it's, it's so fickle, the system. I also think the measurement of digital – has been so bad that that's the part that ticks me off the most. Like how many people do you know, Dimitri, that have a radio that listen at their either, you know, their job or at home to a radio station on an actual radio. And I'm not talking talking, about a car. I was talking about this with my daughter just the other day that I used to do homework in front of a boom box, listening to a alternative station out of Pensacola, Florida, called uh, New Rock 107. Like, that is an experience she will never have for discovering music, right? Like, kids don't just have stereos in their rooms anymore. You are either listening on a phone, computer, or smart speaker. Yet, that's the the area of the industry that isn't measured great. Mm. So, I'll get the ratings sent in. Here's our over-the-air performance, and here's our digital performance. And I'll go, this station was a 3.5 over the air, a 0.5 digitally. So you're telling me seven times the listening occurs on a radio, (laughs) which means you're telling me they spend seven times more time in the car than they do. I don't buy that. I believe people go home, do listen to a podcast, do click an app, do stream things on their computer. They do it at work, but it doesn't always show up in the numbers. And so that's the part that can be frustrating. There, there is a strategy to all this looking at, you know, your control panel reports, your hot zips, where you've got the most meter activity. Like there are things that as programmers, you have to look at and be on top of to be able to keep your brand following, you know, ultimately these meters to get the credit you need. But 
the part that just sucks, in my opinion, is that, you know, one or two people can literally make or break your entire radio station. I think it should be a little stronger than that. We shouldn't be dealing with that kind of, uh, you know, all, all of a sudden you have this chaotic shift with your radio station based on one person. All right. So with all of that being said, what are the situations, be it markets, be it stations, be it shows that jump out to you as probably not having the kind of book they wish they did? Um, if you go through the book where I think there's some room for improvement, Portland as a market was a little lower than it's been in past uh, years. Uh, 1080 to fan still won the quarter. They don't get to count their stream, which is just a whole other deal. Um, but ultimately, their afternoon show did really well, had a 4-4 share. Um, I know for the game, John Canzano did pretty solid. Dan Patrick show always does does well there. But the market as a whole has been a lot better before. So I would look for that to get better in the fall book. Um, the game in San Francisco wasn't as strong as it's been before. They did, though, make recent changes, so hopefully that will jumpstart them along with the Warriors coming back in the fall. Um, a couple others that stood out, ESPN 1000 was better this book than previous book, but the prior book was not good. I mean, some of these shows, I love David Kaplan, Waddle and Sylvie, Carmen and uh, Yurko. All those shows have been very successful for a long time, so when I saw them last book outside of the top 20, I knew they didn't forget how to do a radio show. It had to be <laughs> right. a meter thing. That being said, look, the score did a damn good job and should be highlighted. They they won the summer book. They continue to win all the books this year, and that should be recognized. I was just, even though 1000 didn't have a great book by their own standards, um, I did see some progress the last two months. The, the final one, though, that is probably going to get most of the attention today on the site is New York. And when you look at New York, you know, Boomer and Geo expect to be number one, number two. They were fourth in mornings uh, for WFAN. Uh, Moose and Maggie were fourth in midday. The one that probably has some people frustrated in there because they kill it and they have been killing it for the last year is Carton and Roberts. Um, you don't expect their afternoon show to be in a dead heat with the Michael K show battling for the sixth position. Now, the one thing funky in that market, you know, on the ESPN side, they look at over the air ratings because they total line report Odyssey doesn't on the Odyssey side, they go, well, listen, we combine our radio and our streaming because if they're listening to our brand, we should get credit for that. Um, and so there will be some back and forth between the two sides. But either way, Craig Carton is typically number one, number two, you know, battling at the top with Evan. And so to see them outside of, you know, fifth, sixth place, uh, that, that's not where you expect them to be. But um, the last thing I want to point out, because I don't often do this, but when I see an incredible story, I try to highlight it, even if it's not inside the format. In St. Louis, 101 ESPN was third, but what really jumped out when I was looking at the men 2554 performance for that quarter, Hubbard Radio in that market owns five of the top six male stations. They have alternative, classic rock, sports, obviously, country, and AC. And the reason why I point that out, 
five of their six, five of the top six spots were occupied by their brands. They took away 50.7% of male 2554 listening for the quarter among those five brands, which means one in two people in the city of St. Louis were listening to one of those five stations, which that's an incredible story. Like if you're an advertiser trying to reach men in St. Louis, there's no way you're not putting your dollars there. And I'm sure there are some other markets that perform equally like that and have some of those stories, but I'll tell you, they didn't send them my way, so I can't share. All right. Thank you to JB and thank you to you for joining us today. All of those summer book ratings pieces are up at BarrettSportsMedia.com. Just click the little uh, magnifying glass up there in the top right hand corner and search for the city you're looking for. We have so many at this point that I have lost count. But if it is a major market and even some mid markets too, we probably have that information for you at BarrettSportsMedia.com. We'll talk to you next week. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.